Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Okay, on the show today, we have Stuart Reed from Community Foundation, Gray Bruce. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I know Brooklyn's also doing pretty good. Um, we're all good over here. So um, tell us about your job in Community Foundation, Gray Bruce. Well, it's a pretty exciting job, um, uh, working in community philanthropy. Um, the foundation... Uh, has been around since 1994, and we've granted about uh, over $4 million back to charities and not-for-profits across Grey Bruce, addressing all aspects of, um, of life in Grey Bruce. Um, we're a pretty amazing organization. I don't know if your listeners know about community foundations. We're, um, there are 191 of us right across the country from coast to coast to coast, and um, we are... Um, philanthropic agencies um, we we establish endowed funds um, which means that individuals or agencies or families might come to us and want to uh, place money to benefit the community so we endow that money and so that means it's invested forever we never touch the original gift but with the money that that um, investment makes in the marketplace we create grants which we give out to charities and not-for-profits to help them do their work. And uh, we also um, are very much a knowledge convener in the community about wellness and, and health. And so we're always talking uh, with people to see how they're doing. And we do work called uh, Vital Signs, which is a report that uh, kind of gives a report card as to um, how the community is, is faring in terms of wellness indicators like um, arts and culture, sports and recreation, housing, um, lifelong learning, the environment, inclusion and belonging, you know, all aspects of uh, community health. We kind of gather statistics on and then Vital Signs is a report that kind of turns those statistics into very readable infographics. And we report back and say, you know, Gray Bruce is doing really well in this area, but maybe, you know, this area is a challenge. So um, that, 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 report also informs our grant making as well so we're making strategic choices about where to direct our dollars towards charities and profits to kind of shift the meter on uh, certain things that may be challenges in our region wow you guys do a lot of work that's really awesome so how long have you been working for this organization um i'm well into my fifth year now coming up to my fifth anniversary so uh, it's uh, been really interesting. Um, I mean, not only do you learn a lot about, you know, what what great charities and not-for-profits are doing in Grey Bruce, but we're really plugged into a national network. And so our Community Foundations of Canada is sort of forging discussion around really interesting topics. Um, most recently, they released some reports on um, climate change and how that's affecting gender equity in our community. So. You know, while, you know, that might not be top of mind in Grey Bruce, it's really interesting for the whole movement, which goes right across the country to be engaged in these discussions, sort of overarching discussions about about topics that are um, on the horizon for uh, for communities and community health. Yeah. Um, did you always want to work for like a non-for-profit non organization like this? Was it kind of in your in your sights uh, before this? Yes, um, it was. And um, 
Uh, I, I'm a, kind of an artist by training. I, I, my university work was in uh, fine arts, and um, I was I did a studio degree. My undergrad was in a studio in fine arts, and then for 30 years I worked in um, art galleries as a curator and a writer and a, and a museum director. So those are not-for-profits too. And people say to me, well, you jump to community philanthropy. Is, is that a big, is that really different? But it's not really, you know, it's um, in a museum, you're kind of, people give you works. They're uh, works of art usually to manage um, as part of your collection. You try and do good things with those and you manage them uh, so they last forever. And uh, so the, the community, Community Foundation is a little bit like that. It's a bit of a collection of gifts that um, that we work with to manage, to do the best we can with them to benefit the public. And that's what art galleries do too. So, uh, um, and we're all under that same not-for-profit kind of umbrella. So, you know, dealing with the same tax laws and kind of administrative structures, how to run an organization that uh, has a mission and stays clear to its mission and um, you know, evaluates itself and um, responds to change. So uh, I think you know, the not-for-profit sector is a very interesting one. And if people are out there thinking about a, 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 a way of working or moving into that field, I, you know, I highly recommend it. I always think about um, you know, somebody, some of my uh, friends from university work for you know, large corporations now where they're you know, working underneath a, you know, a big, big company and and working to make money for for a big company and I, I find that I'm much more comfortable in a situation where I know I'm doing good things that are benefiting people and uh, not that corporations don't but I you know I'm working right on the trenches to uh, to make make our community a better place and that kind of rewarding work um, really keeps me um, excited every day I come in yeah that's great. So you basically kind of touched on that, but what is exactly that makes your job worthwhile? Um, well, it makes my job worthwhile. Well, um, it's really, um, I mentioned the, the word rewarding. It's really um, edifying and rewarding to know that we're benefiting um, and supporting a lot of the good work that happens in the community. And we see all the time um, and we hear back from people that have been touched by the work that uh, not-for-profits and charities are doing in a very positive way. And um, I think um, it helps us to have a more caring and, and um, integrated and thoughtful and uh, supportive society around us. And uh, I think that the work that we do and the work we support really makes uh, Gray and Bruce counties a, a, a wonderful place to live. And we know how great it is to live here. And that's because of caring, generous people. and and uh, the foundation does a lot of work on behalf of those um, generous donors who uh, we're looking after their gift and following through on their wishes to uh, do some good things with what they've uh, put in in our trust mm -hmm. so uh for all the listeners out there who are wondering um just exactly how what steps what steps it takes to get to your job what education like what is your educational background well, I mentioned um, I, I have a BFA in fine arts from um, from uh, university in Canada. Um, I, you know, I think, that, you know, higher education is always great because it prepares you for, um, you know, critical thinking in the workplace. Um, 
my years managing not-for-profits in terms of museums and art galleries certain, certainly prepared me for the work that I do now with the Community Foundation. And um, um, I think people could come to this work with um, some sort of business um, background or um, if they were interested in investing or they could come from uh, work in a social agency, um, people that are interested in anthropology and communities or maybe the environment you know there's many many ways to approach it and i think um, the d diversity of colleagues that i bump into across the country is really a testament to that that you know it welcomes all kinds of skill sets um, into the fold and uh, people bring their own bring their own assets and their own talents to the to the cause and uh, that makes for a very interesting uh, group of colleagues um, yeah. right across canada that probably makes sense because you guys dip your you kind of you guys kind of help so many different kind of types of businesses all around Grey Bruce and all kinds of different things. So it would probably makes sense to have a bunch of people who are all everybody's good at one thing and they all have a bunch of different backgrounds. You can all combine your knowledge to kind of help the community. Those so that's really cool. Yeah, is there like a lot of people that work there? Um, in our office, no, it's pretty small. We have four four people. Um, but collectively across the country, um, yeah, there's, as I mentioned, 191. So there's a lot of, a lot of folks engaged in the, in the effort, definitely. And it's growing. Uh, um, the community foundation movement started in the United States. And then the first one was um, established here in 1904 in Winnipeg. And um, now it just keeps growing. And uh, other countries around the world are adopting the model, too. Um, and so it's, it's uh pretty exciting you know making making global change as well as local change yeah so around here do you have any uh, this might be the wrong question but do you have any sort of like projects or like business around here that you've given grants to or that you've initiatives you guys have started around here well lots and lots of them um just off the top of my head um a couple of weeks ago um uh, I was really honored to be part of a, a sacred circle at the new reconciliation garden that's been established in Owen Sound. And we were celebrating the um, arrival of the grandmother and grandfather stones that were planted in the garden on a hill just overlooking the site where the garden's going to be next spring. And um, that's a space that's been created for um, all people to come together to contemplate and to rest and to find some solace and time to contemplate you know, reconciliation and that reconciliation is different for everyone. Um, but certainly here in Canada, we, we um, think about our, our relationship between nations, between First Nations and settling cultures. And um, our foundation has been a part of that um, building of this reconciliation garden. Back uh, in 2017, we had some Canada 150 money um, that we gave out. That was the first grant. And then we've supported them a couple of times over the years. And it's wonderful to see that uh, groundswell of um, effort from the community turn into something real and concrete. And uh, being there standing around the, the circle with, um, with friends and colleagues, all socially distanced, of course, these days. And uh, we were outside that afternoon. It was quite cold and windy, but um, people spent, stood time, spent time there together to uh, you know, mark this uh, momentous occasion. And of course, um, Launchpad that uh, you guys are both uh, working with, um, that's another agency that's doing amazing things for young people and skill development and a real community catalyst. And, and um, we've supported many um, aspects of Launchpad's programming over the last number of years too. So we're very proud of the good work you're doing too. 
Yeah. So, yeah, we also have to say a big, big thank you to you guys because without you guys, we won't be starting this podcast. We won't have the nice mics and everything to do all this. So big, big thank you to uh, all you guys over there. So we were just touching on everything you, you love about the job. So what are some big uh, challenges? Oh, challenges. Well, every job has challenges. Yeah. Um, let's let's see. Um, sometimes, um, you know, managing your time is, is a bit challenging because there's it's uh, you know what I've described. I think you get a sense that it's quite a wide ranging, um, multi dimensional uh, role, and mm-hmm. so often I have to keep um, keep priorities juggling. I have to keep juggling priorities to make sure I'm staying on top of things, but I also have to make decisions about what is central to the mission and what is something maybe I can let go or something that I should delegate. And, um, you know, being an executive director, um, it's my job too to, um, you know, motivate people and keep people engaged. And that's uh, not just uh, my staff, but um, I work really closely with um, an amazing group of volunteers on our board of directors. And we also have a group of volunteers called ambassadors who are, um, um, people from all over Grey Bruce that are um, champions in their local community that are well poised to talk about what the foundation does and to make connections for us in the community. So uh, leading all of those people and being a good resource person from them and, and keeping them on mission too and keeping conversations going that that um, make sure what we're doing is really being effective and we're, we're uh, thinking thoughtfully about um, how well we're doing and what we might need to change or where we're best to deploy our resources and our efforts and our attention at any particular time is um, it's, it's challenging. And, you know, the, the COVID pandemic has really layered another, um, you know, it's, it's been complex and challenging the last 10 months um, trying to run an organization where, you know, people aren't coming together in the same ways anymore. Um, but you still have to lead, you still have to inspire, you still have to uh, be able to communicate effectively and to um, make people feel that they belong and to um, make sure everybody knows what they're doing and why and kind of checking in with people, make sure everybody's um, well and and feeling good about um, their role. Um, That's a challenge. And certainly in the last 10 months, I think a lot of people working in all kinds of organizations are finding challenges in just um, doing the basic things about, you know, looking after each other in the work that we do. You know, it's so crazy. You just said 10 months and everything was so different. And I, it is totally, it's kind of crazy that we're all getting used to it. At least we're adapting in the right ways. Like you guys said, you're still doing these initiatives where you're social distancing outside. And like you said, you've still been trying to check up on everyone and help everything keep going. And that's pretty amazing that we're still doing everything. Yeah, and it's um, it's been challenging for our um, for our our charities and not for profits too. Um, the foundation did a bit of a survey uh, when the pandemic first started back in I think it was in May, and we asked them a couple of questions about how they were doing and what the biggest challenges were. And because people don't come together, a lot of um, local um, not for profits and charities they fundraise through events and. Um, you know, golf tournaments or galas or, and and they couldn't do any of that. So they were really scrambling to um, meet their basic fundraising needs. And then all the other complications on top of that were um, were really um, things that uh, people needed help with um, and, and things that uh, were affecting their work in, uh, in helping people in the community. And then um, shortly after that, um, thank goodness, actually, our federal government stepped up with 
a, a fund called the Emergency Community Support Fund, which was, um, we had about $334,000 to dispense to um, health charities that were assisting vulnerable populations that were dealing with the impacts of COVID. And that was a real big boost to us. We were able to get some money out the door to agencies that um, were really helping people on the front lines, people that were challenged, vulnerable people that were challenged with some of the complications that COVID layered onto their lives. So um, that was pretty exciting too. But, you know, flexibility, adaptability, I, I keep hearing that word pivot this year. I thought that should be the word of the year. Everyone's talking about pivoting because we, we have to change how we're doing and what we're doing in a creative and, and uh, nimble way, right, to respond yeah. to um, the challenges we're all seeing. Yeah, kind of had to think on our feet right away. Yeah, so um, this is kind of a hard question. I guess you could go with your COVID style if you'd like. What is your typical nine to five looking like nowadays? Well, a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, committee meetings, board meetings, um, meetings with others. We Our office is closed, so um, I'm close to the public, although my staff is here working. So um, we try and maintain social distance even in the office, so sometimes using our computers to talk to one another. Um, we are just wrapping up our year of funding, so um, that emergency community support fund I'm talking about just had a round two, so we, we're getting... Um, some grants out the door for that. And we've also been engaged with this uh, other program called the Investment Readiness Program, more federal money that's supporting uh, social enterprise across central Ontario. And our foundation was a, a community partner for all of central Ontario. So everywhere from Muskoka down to Goderich and up to Manitoulin Island. And we were, um, get, so we're getting that funding out the door. And then, um, you know, budget time and getting ready for a whole other fiscal year. Um, so lots and lots of stuff going on. So a lot of talking during the day. I kind of arrive in the morning. I usually have a bunch of meetings uh, that populate the calendar. And then, you know, writing reports and uh, correspondence and uh, phone calls with people. Um, an awful lot of my job is, uh, as I mentioned and described, it's, it's uh, communicating and and making sure people have what they need to do their jobs and to uh, keep projects like larger projects moving along. So checking in and making sure things are happening as they should and and uh, deploying resources to where they're most needed. So um, that's pretty interesting as well. But it's exciting work. You know, I, I come in every day and I, I'm very grateful for um, for this role and for for this um, for the foundation and 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 it's um it's exciting and it's a lot of fun too and um you know we deal with an awful lot of people on on both sides of the uh, the giving circle and that's pretty amazing you know very generous donors and people that want to do good things and we help them do that and then the charities and not-for-profits that we work with and fund it's always amazing to hear about uh, the creative ways that they're they're uh, meeting challenges and and helping people out in out in our in our community too Mm-hmm. So I've seen in your guys' website that you have uh, student grants for uh, students wanting to go to post-secondary and all that. So I know a lot of youth kind of are curious to how to apply for those grants. So um, how, how can youth apply for grants? Um, usually it's online nowadays. And um, you can go to our website and um, there is a button across the top for students and have a look at that. I should also tell you about a website we run called uh, payforschoolgraybruce.com. 
and that was started back in uh, 2016. It's uh, kind of a one-stop shop for all the scholarships, bursaries, and awards that are available to Graeber students. Um, so what you do is you type in, you know, your your age and gender and your your um, uh, education pathway, and it filters for you and gives you a list of all the things you might be eligible for. So um, please check that out um, if you're if you're looking for some support for your for your education pathway. It's uh, it's a it's a terrific resource. I'll repeat it again. It's called um, payforschoolgraybruce.com. Um, you can get to it through our website, or you can type in that URL and and uh, and I, I hope I hope people find it uh, useful. Um, the foundation itself manages over 1.8 million dollars in um, endowed funds that support um, scholarship bursaries and awards. So you could check out our website too and see what you can apply for. And um, we uh, we recognize that in Gray Bruce, not everybody goes to college and university. So there are some things there that are available for apprenticeship and workplace training. Um, you know, I think there's something for everybody. So please check out the website or give us a call at the office. Um, our grants and scholarship coordinator is here to help people that are um, trying to make a match. That's so awesome. I, I always like to hear about those things because they're not always widely known. Like I would have never known about that if I wasn't hearing, talking to you. Yeah, so it is. Uh, we, we keep trying to promote it, but um it's, it is a good resource, and I always tell people, um, you know, if you're a young person or anyone, it's a, there's some, some programs in that, uh, bursaries and awards and things for adults, too. So anybody that's uh, looking to um, support their learning can uh, probably find some help there. That's so awesome. Okay, so with the Community Foundation Great Bruce, you guys say that you're funding so many different places, but I'm not really sure what, what type of things that you guys do. So do you have any goals, like future goals for the Community Foundation? Um, well, we have a strategic plan um, that sets out our goals. Um, and uh, yeah, I find it pretty compelling. We talk about um, one of our goals, uh, and I'm thinking about this because we're just doing budget for next year. We talk about telling our own story. So, um, because the foundation sometimes, you know, people say, ask me what I do and I start to explain it. I can see their eyes glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> they get a little confused because it's not <laughs> the most simple thing to explain about yeah. endowments and, and investment revenue and granting and all that. But um, so what we try and do when we talk about community philanthropy is get, we tell, we get people to tell their stories about the impact that they've experienced. And so, um, we use community storytelling in all of our uh, marketing and, and uh, communication vehicles to, to um, let people know about what we do by having somebody that they, maybe their neighbor or something, tell their story about how they were affected by, by community philanthropy. So telling our own story is one thing. Um, another thing on our strap plan, we try and, um, we try and use our assets very creatively. Um, right now, our foundation manages about $17 million, and a lot of that is invested, you know, globally in the marketplace to make money. Um, but some foundations in our movement are beginning to think about creative ways of using those assets locally to elicit change. So maybe making a portion of what they might invest globally, um, investing it locally and doing that creatively to um, assist charities and, organi and organizations in uh, 
in making some bold change. So that's called impact investing. And that's something we're investigating and learning about and watching what our peers are doing and trying to learn from that. So that's another one of our goals. We also try and um, build really strong relationships and, um, you know, as many organizations across the country, not just not-for-profits, but we're trying to better reflect the diversity of our community in our makeup, in our volunteer makeup and our board and staff. So looking at um, diversity and, uh, you know, building strong relationships with, uh, with uh, newcomers, with um, our First Nations communities, um, really being proactive about, uh, about uh, best reflecting the, the people that we represent. That's, you know, not about us without us, that kind of ethic. And um, what's the fourth one? There's usually, I think there's four goals on our strap plan. Uh, communication, um, asset management. Oh, and um, building our assets, of course, is um, something we're trying to do. And, and um, uh, new practices and donor stewardship is really important to us. So trying to um, make sure that we're um, kind of building relationships with donors and families that are going to um, stand the test of time, that we're addressing, you know, intergenerational change and really helping families have impact through their philanthropic plan and through the legacy that they're that they're leaving behind too. So very um, multi-dimensional, lots of stuff, lots of balls in the air all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. lots of stuff going on. Oh, a ton. So you guys got to be busy 24-7, yeah. <laughs> so um, we asked this question to every guest who comes on. If you could go back in time and talk to your 16-year-old self, what would you say to him? Oh, you know, I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too, me too. Yeah, I think about that because, you know... Um, uh, I'd probably say, don't worry so much. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to, you have to kind of trust, trust and believe in yourself. And um, I think that uh, being your true authentic self and, and speaking your own truth is, is the way to, you know, make for an exciting life and uh, to have an exciting life. And, uh, you know, that, that for me, that's being um, open to new challenges and to um, trying to find ways to, um, fit what you do best in to do good things for other people. And um, yeah, so back when I was 16, I think I was pretty anxious about um, what I was going to be doing ahead. And at that time I was thinking about university and I was trying to pick a career path. And I think that back then I was thinking about law or politics and, you know, and, you know, I should have just relaxed a bit and, uh, and, uh, you know, trust, trust that things, good things are going to come trust in the universe that's got your back right yeah yeah i wish i, I, w- I would tell myself the exact same thing yep 100 percent. yeah yeah i like that advice and Stuart, is there anything else you'd like to say any plugs or anything you'd like to put out to the listeners today well um i just want to um thank you for the opportunity and um um, I just want to send out a, a, a warm thanks to everybody in my community. I, you know, I and Gray Bruce were really proud of our response to the COVID pandemic. I feel like we're in a community where people are really looking after each other. And so, you know, wash your hands, wear your mask. And, um, and uh, our numbers are really good right now. Well, they're climbing, but um, I know that there, there's, uh, there's uh, some pride we have in our community about way people are looking after each other. And so, uh, just keep that up, everybody. We're we're going to get through this together. And um, thank you for um, for uh, caring about your neighbor. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Stuart. We really appreciate it. 
Have a great day. Thanks, Brooklyn. Thank you.